today we are going to be talking about astrology. So the idea behind astrology is that the stars and planets have influence on human behavior and terrestrial events here on Earth. And these days, talking about your sun, moon, and rising signs are seeing an increase in popularity, uh, especially online. Whether it's for entertainment purposes or you have a desire to understand who you are on a deeper level. We are going to be joined right now by Dana Lynn Knuckles. She joins us from Chicago here on Culture Shift. She is known as the People's Oracle. And through her practice, she uses something called side real astrology, tarot reading, dream interpretation, and intuitive guidance to assist those seeking a sense of purpose and meaning in life. Dana, welcome to Culture Shift. Thanks for having me. So glad to have you for this conversation. I'm really excited for this. And we'd love you to be a part of it as well. Have you become more curious about astrology in recent years? Do you have a question about how it all works? Or have you experienced a surprising correlation between an astrological prediction and events in your life? Give us a call at 313-577-1019. Share your stories, or if you have some questions for Dana, take those as well. 313-577-1019. All right, so Dana, before we get too deep into the subject, I want to talk about your background. What led you to astrology? And uh, tell us a bit about the work that you do in this field on a, on a regular basis. You know, I, I am like many Black people in America who grew up in church, so the spiritual has always been my language for understanding things that maybe I just couldn't understand using other methods. But I began studying astrology pretty intently about 13 years ago, and it's just one of those things that I've always been attracted to, the hidden, the occult, um, things that maybe were taboo. And because of that, the mystery of astrology sunk its hooks in me, and I just can't get away from it. Still haven't gotten away from it. And, and on, on a daily basis, like, what is it that you uh, do for people when they call and ask, like, you know, if, they are, if their next romantic partner is going to be compatible with them? Like, what do, you, what do you do? How do you measure the stars? So for me, astrology is a language, and it is an articulator of time. Just like the clock isn't influencing you to go to bed at eight o'clock, you just know that there's an association between the time and the kind of behaviors or activities that you would normally undertake. So astrology is the same way. Instead of just segmenting and measuring time, it tells us what it means. It gives us an interpretation. And if we can follow those patterns, we can really make sense of what's happening in our life, why it's happening, and we can get a really great idea of actually what is going to happen and how. You know, there has been a lot of talk. Uh, there have been articles out about uh, the rise in popularity of astrology. You have so many apps like CoStar. You have so many new columns out there uh, with horoscope predictions and everything like that. Have you, uh, in your work, in your practice, noticed a, a, a surge in popularity? And, and when did it begin, if so? Oh, absolutely. You know, this is my second kind of business or go round as a professional astrologer. I first started in 2010, primarily on Facebook, and it was still very taboo to talk about astrology. People were uncomfortable. There was a lot of skepticism and kind of a moral kind of indignation against it, like duping people. But now even the greatest skeptics are curious because 
things have not followed the expected patterns that we think or have believed they would based on just basic evidence and historical precedent. So people are really looking for a reason why. They're really looking for a language to articulate back to them an accurate representation of the reality that they're experiencing. And for me, there's really no better tool than that of astrology. Because again, like I said, not only is it introducing a way to segment time, it's giving meaning. And unfortunately, because of the decline in religion and church experiences, people are left without that spiritual guidance, that sense of meaning and purpose that connects them. And astrology is just really good at that. We're talking to Dana Lynn Knuckles, known as The People's Oracle. You can find her at thepeoplesoracle.com and on Twitter as well. We're also taking your calls. We're talking about the rise in popularity of astrology. Uh, do you have stories about how you've maybe read a horoscope or read your birth chart and it's worked out in surprising ways? Do you have questions for Dana? Join the conversation at 313-577-1019. Share your stories and experiences, 313-577-1019. Uh, so, Dana, I want to talk to the skeptics and the skepticism yeah. about astrology. Um, you have probably come across many people, especially online and in real life, that are dismissive of this practice. Uh, what do you say to them? And how do you respond to, you know, it's a legitimate question. How how does astrology work? How do the movements of the planets and the stars up way above us affect our daily lives. So how I describe it to uh, skeptics is that like any language, you do not have to know how a language functions in order to use it. You actually don't even need to know how to read. We all learn English because it is something that's immersed, that we're immersed in. So astrology is really the same way. It's working without your input, without your belief. And it's not something that's influencing you. It's almost like you look at the clock to see what time it is. And if it says eight o'clock, there's something that you expect to happen. There's something that you might have planned to happen. And astrology is the same way that when you are able to tell time with astrology, you can look at where the planets are and know what time it is in your life, know what time it is collectively. Quite frankly, I don't have a horse in the game of convincing people. The fact of the matter is that most people who are skeptics of astrology actually don't know what astrology is. And they have been left to newspaper columns like horoscopes and very surface, kind of like saying the alphabet is the totality of the English language. And it's just like, ah, no, it's a little bit more complex than that. So there really has to be a vested interest in actually learning what astrology is before one can form a judgment as with any other discipline. And that's usually how I approach skeptics. I, yeah, I want to talk a bit more to that. What, what are some of the other common misconceptions that you hear from people? And, and, and that idea, like the, the, the daily newspaper horoscope, which is based off something called your sun sign, right? Are, are those days yes. over with the complexity oh, that we needed to know? absolutely not. No, absolutely not. I mean, sun sign horoscopes, they are something that really in the millennia long history of astrology really just emerged within the last century or so. There was a guy who decided that he would write these mail-in order horoscopes. If you sent him a dollar or a penny or whatever it was, he would write a personal horoscope for you using your sun sign. But I think that those horoscopes are really important because they are most people's entryway into language just like, or into the language of astrology. Just like, again, you don't start off writing complex dissertations and uh, you know, understanding the grammar of English at the beginning. 
you know, you learn the words that are necessary for you to function. And so in astrology, I think horoscopes are just like that. They are a really basic kind of introductory way to get acquainted with the language of astrology. Now, of course, because of the Internet, information can spread much more rapidly and people have access to the more complex different uh, disciplines and historical origins of astrology. And because of that, now people can really dive deeply into it. But I think it's important to preserve a way for people to come into contact with astrology in a way that's not overwhelming and really complex, because it's a really hard discipline to learn. Well, yeah, I'd love to go into some of the more in-depth analysis that you do for people. So, uh, you know, and I kind of doubled up on the questions there with the other misconceptions, but I want to get to back to that in a minute. But with the, if you're looking at, if someone is looking at their chart, you can go online, you can enter in your birth time, your birth date, uh, your location, you can get your something called your natal chart or birth chart. And if someone's looking at that, what should they be looking for? What were the most important aspects of that? Absolutely. The most important part of a chart for a layperson, mean a non-astrologer, someone who's just beginning, is the rising sign. The rising sign is the quickest moving part of the chart because it has to travel through all 12 of the zodiac signs within a 24-hour period. So this, besides the moon, is the most personal part of the chart. Whereas with a sun sign, and which is why most people tend to be averse, because it is really general. Anybody born within the same 30-day period as you has the same sun sign. But in order to have the same sun and rising sign, they have to be born at the same time as you, on the same day or around the same day as you. So when we understand the rising sign, this is really your, your, your physical body. It is your personality and your persona. And it is your kind of habits, your, your, the way that you are. Whereas the sun is more about your intellect. And one of my big things about it is that every planet in your chart is not you. At any given time, because of the predictable cycles of astrology, a planet in your chart might be referring to your father or your significant other or a boss or a sibling or a child. And with the sun, that's generally what the sun means. You're a boss, your superior, your father, a grandfather or any other male. So it's so important to really get into the rising sign because this is the most specific descriptor that a beginner can really delve into in their birth chart. And again, we're talking to Dana Lynn Knuckles. She is known as the People's Oracle. You can find her at thepeoplesoracle.com. Talking about the rise in popularity of astrology since uh, since about 2016 or so, definitely a surge online mm-hmm. in interest of, of, of charts and analysis of what's happening with the stars above. We're taking your calls as well, 313-577-1019, if you'd like to share your stories or have questions for Dana about uh, how astrology works or questions about your own astrology. So uh, another thing I want to ask you, Dana, is you practice something called sidereal astrology. Now, there are a few different methods of interpreting the movements of the stars. But most, from what I understand, most apps and horoscope columns use something called tropical astrology, right? Uh, What exactly are each of those and how are they different? Right. So it's important to differentiate the calculation that we use to decide where the zodiac is going to begin and then a cultural historical framework for how we understand astrology and the capacity it has to tell us who we are. So for tropical and sidereal, what we're really talking about is two different ways to decide 
when and where the zodiac begins. And by zodiac beginning, I'm saying, where do we calculate the point zero degrees Aries? There's a different calculation for each of these zodiacs. But what's the most important to me is not the technical aspects of astrology and not the math. I think it's very easy to get caught up on math and numbers and being accurate in that manner. For me, it's really about the cultural framework and what exactly is the framework around each zodiac telling us about who we are and our culture. culture. Tropical as a framework really has emerged in a Western individualist culture that is rooted in capitalism, that is rooted in white supremacy and patriarchy, quite frankly. When you look up the history and the text of astrology, it's all white men. Very rarely will you see representation of women, queer folk, black folk, black women, black men, trans people, right? So for me, sidereal as a framework is offering us this way to not only be inclusive, but to really challenge the idea that we are complete individuals devoid of community, devoid of these really meaningful relationships, political, economic, and cultural contexts that are shaping our becoming in this world. And that's what the difference really is for me. The numbers, I mean, we can argue about that all day. You know, that's what scientists do. You know, I'm glad you brought up uh, the topic of things like white supremacy and, and, and social justice, because in, in recent years, not only an increase in popularity of astrology, but also uh, a social justice aspect that it's taken on, especially online. Uh, yeah. How? What are? What are? How does that work for you? Like, what are the? What is the relationship between social justice and astrology? Wow, this is such a great question. You know, for me as a black woman who is here because my ancestors were enslaved, one of the ways that tools of divination are so important to me has to do with the fact that all oracles, tools of divination, spiritual practices, and rituals for my lineage and heritage emerge from a political disenfranchisement, economic disenfranchisement, social, violent oppression, that these were ways that my ancestors past and present were able to enfranchise themselves with some measure of power, for the sake of survival, to survive in a world that completely stripped them of their agency on the material plane. So for me, I call my work divination for liberation because tools of, of sight, oracles, tarot cards, dream interpretation, magic and rituals and baths and spells and astrology, these are ways to survive when you can't vote, when your neighborhood is a food desert, when the schools are being shut down in your neighborhood and you don't have equal access to education, when your neighborhoods are being redlined, these spiritual tools are a way to gain agency. And so at the heart of why I would ever look at a chart is as a tool for both political, spiritual, and emotional and economic liberation for oppressed peoples. That is the, the reason for it, and that is why I do it. Uh, this has been a really wonderful conversation. We're going to wrap up in just a few minutes, but I do have one more question for you, Dana. So sure. uh, we haven't talked too much about direct predictions for the yeah. year, but you have done some amazing ones uh, early in the year about things that were going to be happening as 2020 goes on. Uh, can you give us sort of a, uh, a look 
at the next few months? Astrology yeah, goals. absolutely. So August 16th, I want everyone to stick a pin in that date. Um, this is one of the major turning points of the year. The other turning point was January 23rd, 2020. And we all know what happened then, right? Wuhan shut down and locked down their entire province because of the coronavirus. So we're going to get another major turning point just like that on August 16th. But this one is a little bit different. Um, personally, I am cautiously optimistic about our, in America, our collective capacity to rein in our approach to COVID. There's going to be a very long square between the sat planet Saturn, which is the planet of reality, death, and realism, and Mars, which is the planet of agency, autonomy, action, and individualism. And because of this square, it's kind of like all of the people who've been throwing tantrums about what they can, should, or wouldn't do, they're going to get a real reality check. And I think we're in the midst of that now with the ways that schools are deciding not to be in person, with the ways that sports are shutting down and deciding not to play. So this is going to last us through the end of the year. There's a one last thing. There's a big Mercury retrograde that's happening uh, beginning end of September all the way through Election Day. That's going to be a big one. And that's going to be the one that we decide how we're going to have these elections. I expect there to be a lot of litigation, a lot of legal proceedings, a lot of fudging and figuring out what's right, what's wrong. And I think I, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I think that we are going to push through these challenges, mostly because we're going to be forced. Dana Lynn Knuckles, it has been a pleasure to uh, talk with you here on Culture Shift. If people want to find out more about your work, where do they go? www.thepeoplesoracle.com and People's Oracle on all platforms. Twitter and Instagram are my favorites. All right. Well, thank you so much. You have a good day. Thank you.